The unthinkable has happened. Russell Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. Nick Lee and I will be breaking down the shocking trade with the Denver Broncos on this latest installment of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for a special Tuesday episode, my co-host Nick Lee. The unthinkable has happened. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this, but Russell Wilson is no longer the Seattle Seahawks starting quarterback. He is heading to the Mile High City to join the Denver Broncos. The Seahawks getting a package of a bunch of draft picks and three veteran players in return. This entire episode, we're going to be breaking down the details of the trade, how the Seahawks got to this point where they had to move on from their nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback, and what's next under center for Seattle heading into 2022. I can guarantee there's going to be some hot takes. There's going to be some cold takes exposed. There might be some tears and blood in this episode, but it's going to be a jam-packed episode. Tons of information on this blockbuster deal and what's next for the Seahawks. As always, thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. I don't know what possibly could be the lead story today, Nick. I'm sitting on my Xbox playing Madden. I had just finished an article about how Aaron Rodgers' contract would impact Russell Wilson's future with the Seahawks. And within 20 minutes after that article went live, sure enough, Adam Schefter of ESPN breaking the news that Russell Wilson is heading to the Denver Broncos in exchange for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, and three veteran players, quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, and defensive tackle Shelby Harris. So quite a package back in return for Russell Wilson I guess the big question starting off here, though, is what in the heck are the Seahawks doing? I mean, I I think all of us assumed that this was never going to happen, that there wasn't a deal there that John Schneider and Pete Carroll would sign off on. They literally told reporters last week that they're not shopping their quarterback. They were lying through their teeth. Just goes to show you, you know, not uh, we we don't know everything. And uh, a lot of the media people, us included, you know, we, we, we have sources, of course, and then when most of the time, you know, we can get stuff right. But th- at the end of the day, it's it's those guys that will push the red button. And uh, th- those are the ones that make the decisions and, and can say basically whatever they want. There's no rule, you know, against them saying they don't have to say, yeah, we're, we're going to be trading. We have this, this and this offer on the table and we're going to pick one and the rest of the I mean, They don't have to say that stuff. Uh, as far as yeah, broken the news, Adam Schefter, he broke a lot of things, broke the Internet, broke some hearts and. And uh, for me, and just kind of like, you know, where, what, because this is a, like, where were you when kind of moment? What were you doing when you were playing Madden? I was, I was uh, taking a break from work and sitting on the couch, holding my three month old, just kind of calming him down. Then all of a sudden I needed to be the one that needed to be calmed down. I needed someone to hold me (laughs) and I was crying. Someone, some pat my back and feed me a bottle because I, I was out of control. I uh, it, I was sitting there reading the tweet. Like I had to read it a few times. I don't know if, uh, about you, Corbin, but I I stared at the tweet from Adam Schefter for a good solid thirty seconds, 
just to like I would I was looking through his username and yeah. I saw the blue yeah. check mark but I was like there's got to be an extra letter thrown in there like this has to be fake like Adam no way and I looked about 15 times and then I come to the realization yeah. like holy cow this is legitimate and then I did some calling around I'm like this is real like Russell Wilson is going to the Denver Broncos and like you said this really is one of those where were you type moments and I I know that I'm going to be remembering the play that I had just made. I just had a 90-yard touchdown pass for my fictional quarterback that I drafted in the 2027 draft. I am going to remember that he just threw a touchdown to my Japanese-American receiver for 90 yards. And that's going to be my memory that that is the day, that is the moment that Russell Wilson got traded. And it's just, it's stunning. I mean, and you and I talked about this on a show a few weeks ago. Like, we weren't going to be stunned. Like you and I both knew we were going to be stunned if this actually happened. And that is what transpired. Now I think really the other question, we, we can wonder why the Seahawks did this, but we got to wonder what really pushed him over the edge. And there's probably two different things you can look at here. One, Russell Wilson and his agent, Mark Rogers, we know last offseason, the buttons they were pushing, the, the teams that Adam Schefter ironically was the one that reported that he would be willing to waive his no trade clause for. They ultimately didn't make a deal. He stayed under center for last season, had a rough year. The team finished 7-10. and 10. Maybe they just were pushing more buttons than anybody realized behind the scene, like, get us out of here. Wilson needs to leave. I personally think that they fell in love with a quarterback last week at the Combine, though. I think that is the driving force behind this because they're probably looking at it. His contract's going to be expiring after the 2023 season. Aaron Rodgers just got paid $50 million a year. We don't want to pay Russell Wilson that kind of money, even if he wants to be here. And we don't think he wants to be here long-term. So let's make the deal now so that we can maximize our return back for him with two years under contract. And let's go get that quarterback that we really like in this 2022 draft class that ironically is not being touted for its quarterback talent. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's uh, the Aaron Rodgers news seemed a little too coincident or not non-coincidental for me. I th- I really think, you know, it's it, it kind of has that uh, that Chris Farley gif where he's like staring like, <laughs> like they're realizing that they're going to have to pay Russell Wilson north of fifty million dollars to keep him in town. And I think maybe I, this is just conjecture. I don't know, but maybe they were you know on the fence or they were they were mulling things over and they saw that news broken like all right, we're we're, we're not we're not paying him fifty mil plus to keep him here. And which I understand, I even actively tweeted saying, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million to be honest. I mean, I just, I just wouldn't do that. Um, but clearly there, there were some things going on behind the scenes that uh, were pretty, that kept, were, that were pretty kept under wraps. And, and uh, clearly this, they the Seahawks were at a crossroads. They were at it. Hey, do we want to pay a quarterback an insane amount of money that maybe not, doesn't want to be here long-term or do we getting want to older too? Down? He's getting older or, his value, I mean, it probably would have been a little higher last year, but his value will, will probably only go down from here with the contract coming up and just with him getting older, you might as well do it now. So it's amazing. Even just yesterday, I was at Costco just uh, reading, uh, listening to a podcast and reading through stuff like I even like I'm done. I'm done reading the trades crap. It's not happening. I'm done reading all the trade Russell crap. I'm so sick of seeing that cross my timeline. It's done. I'm so sick. <laughs> Of course, the 24 hours later, this is this is on this is raw reaction here, folks. I mean, this is we didn't prepare or anything. This is a complete raw reaction. I'm, I'm still in shock. I'm still like I, I've barely spoken to my wife in the last couple hours and 
and she's kind of giving me a little distance. She understands what's going on here. She doesn't even like sports. And she's like, are you serious? Why would they do that? Well, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is the type of cataclysmic move that can completely derail a franchise. But this is this has to be what John Schneider and Pete Carroll are thinking making this move. I mean, Pete Carroll is 70 going on 71. You can't tell me that he is going to go into this season like I'm throwing the can out. We're going to we're going to rebuild. Like I would think the Seahawks would have changed coaches in that instance too. Like he can't be excited about that possibility. What I'm thinking is that they're looking at the rookie quarterback situation. Like let's use the money we saved from trading Russell Wilson. Let's continue to build around our young quarterback, get our running game going the way we like to run the ball. Let's have a dominant defense. We got a new coaching staff on that side of the ball. Let's run it back. Like it's 2012 with a quarterback on a rookie contract. And you know, I've been waiting because I thought a team with an established quarterback might try this at some point. And now it looks like the Seahawks might be the one that are doing it, whether it was forced upon them or this is something that they volunteered to do. I mean, we know that there were reports they had interest in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen a few years back. So if they would have had a chance to pick one of those guys, would they have moved on from Wilson then? We don't know. But Certainly, I did not expect this was going to happen based on everything that I've been told. The the teams that were out there, Denver turned out to be the one destination, though, that Russell Wilson was keen on playing there. He He's on the West still, not West Coast, but he's west of the Mississippi River. He's playing for a team where Peyton Manning was able to enjoy a really successful second wind in his career. He's hoping he can do the same and lead the Broncos back to Super Bowl glory. Seattle's hoping they can find their ex-franchise quarterback and they can get back to winning games Pete Carroll's way. It's a huge roll of the dice, but it is going to be fascinating. I knew, I know we use that word a lot on this show. I know Rob and I do. You use it a lot as well. But this is truly going to be a fascinating case study to see how this plays out because it could go horribly wrong. But if the Seahawks can land on a quality quarterback and build up their roster around them, this is still a team that could be very competitive in 2022 and beyond. And so it is certainly going to be an offseason of intrigue for the Seahawks. Here in a moment, we're going to look at how the Seahawks got to this point, though. Obviously, there's a lot of dominoes. There's been a lot of steps that led to the Seahawks moving on from their franchise quarterback, who arguably is still in his prime. So we're going to be taking a look at some of those steps what only led to the Seahawks deciding to part ways with Russell Wilson today and send him to the Broncos. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's episode, Nick Lee. Russell Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk, at least until he decides not to waive his no trade clause, that would be the one wrench that gets thrown into all this. But based on what I've been told, the expectation is that Russell Wilson is going to waive that no trade clause. So he's heading to the Denver Broncos. We just broke down the deal. A couple first round picks, a couple second round picks, fifth rounder and three veteran players coming back in return from Denver to land Wilson. The Broncos get their franchise quarterback. And it leaves you wondering now, 
How did we get to this point? Because you and I were just talking about it. I don't think anybody thought there was any way this was really going to happen, even with the rumors that were circulating. There's not a team. There's not a deal out there that makes sense. And yet here we are. The Seahawks pull off this blockbuster deal, sending away a nine-time Pro Bowler in the prime of his career to the Denver Broncos. They're starting over completely at quarterback. And this really feels like that this has been something that has been developing for four or five years when you consider that they've only won one playoff game since 2015. Yes, they made the playoffs several times, but they weren't successful in the postseason. Wilson wants to win championships. That was certainly a big deal, but I think we have to start with why they weren't winning playoff games, and there's a few reasons for that. You and I have talked about this on previous episodes. The ineptitude in free agency and the inability to add difference makers around Russell Wilson over the years, not spending bigger bucks on primetime talent, to me, that has been the biggest reason for the downfall for the Seahawks. You can look at the draft too, but spending $8 million on players like Luke Jokel, and they've made moves like that year in, year out, have not added true difference makers, true stars around Russell Wilson, and that kept their ceiling at just being a playoff team and not being a true contender and, and that's frustrating for a player as competitive as Russell Wilson. Yeah, if, if this segment doesn't end in me having Grogu or Patrick in a headlock, it's going to be a miracle. <laughs> it's, <laughs> just thinking of all, all the, all, just, I mean, we talked about it last week, the arrogance that, that the Seahawks and Brass had in, in their approach to free agency and their approach to the draft is we're smarter than everybody. And we're going to be doing these shrewd deals here and there and then get this guy with upside. Maybe we'll, we can we can change we can fix this guy and and that's arrogant and I, part of the reason why Russell Wilson is heading to Denver is because the Seahawks were arrogant and they didn't get they didn't make the moves sometimes the obvious simple move to get a difference maker for for Russell Wilson be it a weapon be it on defense or all, all on the offensive line something and now they're gonna be they're they're really I know they they kind of had a self reflecting session um, in the combine about hey yeah we were arrogant. Now they're really going to have to <laughs> step back and, and reflect on okay what what do we need to do differently because now you got they're going to ha- they're going to enter in that fray of teams that are going to be constantly looking for a quarterback until they find one and are you ready to to be reminded of what that feels like and spoiler it sucks if you don't have a franchise quarterback clearly i mean we, we know that there's multiple ways to win a super bowl that the rams just kind of prove that you don't need to have you know the rookie deals spend around them kind of thing the Bengals almost did that. They almost pulled that off. But clearly the Seahawks have some some tools now. They got a lot of more draft picks and a lot more salary cap. They need to prove that they have learned from these mistakes if there's going to be any hope in the next two, three years. Um, but really, it, it ultimately led because of their arrogance in, in their approach to free agency and draft, first of all. Yeah, the, the free agency in the draft, I think arrogance is the perfect word for it because, you know, you know the saying, fool, you know, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. In this case, they've just kept doing the same thing over and over again in free agency. The same strategies bringing Insanity. in low-tier guys on discounts, and they're not getting the difference makers. And they've had opportunities. They could have signed Corey Lindsley last year. Heck, they could have drafted Creed Humphrey. No offense to D. Eskridge, who I still think is going to be a good NFL player, but like you could have gotten an all-pro caliber center there. The best center in the draft class was available to you. And so the personnel decision as a whole 
Russell Wilson, looking back with his reps, with his agent, had to be sitting back at the table thinking, okay, I want to win Super Bowls. They aren't putting me in a position. Drafting players like LJ Collier is not getting me back to the Super Bowl. And those frustrations boiled over. And like I said last quarter, I don't think that Wilson was being a bad soldier this offseason. I don't think he and Mark Rogers forced John Schneider's hand here necessarily. Maybe they did, but based on what I've been told, that was not necessarily the case. They were saying, look, we'll be open to moving on if it's where we want to go. And that's where the no trade clause comes into play. And Denver being one of those spots that Wilson would be open to going to. This situation got here in part because of those four or five years where you just, you had this window to win championships and compete for titles. And yes, you won some playoff, got to the playoffs, won a playoff game, but you didn't have the success that you thought you should have with a quarterback in his prime, a talented hall of fame caliber quarterback like Russell Wilson. And I think he just reached a point where he's like, I want to see what I can do somewhere else. And Denver would be a place that I would consider doing it. Seattle just decided at this point, whether it is because they like a QB in this class, or like I said, you know, maybe there's another QB that's on the market they're looking at, but they decided now is the time to make this move. And that leads me to another thing that I think has to be included when we're talking about these dominoes that led to Wilson's departure. It was another blockbuster trade the Seahawks made. And at the time, I didn't necessarily have any issues with trading for Jamal Adams because of the draft situation. And Schneider's talked about it. We didn't have the intel. We wanted a proven player, but they gave up two first round picks for a box safety in Jamal Adams, a pass rushing safety. And they just got two first round picks back as part of the package to trade away Russell Wilson. So that trade has to be included here when you're talking about the downfall of the relationship between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Yes, you added a star player, but the cost was incredible. What you gave up resource-wise to bring a box safety in. It's just little things like that. The draft, too many misses early rounds. Your free agency missing consistently, not adding that premium talent to help your team like these top teams do, and making trades that don't pan out, trading away first-round picks. I think you add all those things together, and it culminated with them missing the playoffs this last season, having one playoff win since 2015. All those factors together, you can understand why Russell Wilson was frustrated. You can understand why he may have been wanting to force his way out of this point. He was you know, able to give them another opportunity last year, and then he got hurt. It was just unfortunate, but all of those factors added together over time, it created a bridge that was burned that I don't think that they could fully repair. And now the Seahawks feel like our best chance now is to try to reset. Let's see if we can get a young quarterback. And then Russell Wilson, this gives him a chance in the AFC to try to compete to get back to the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. And in the AFC, good luck, Russ, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that AFC West conference. <laughs> I know. Brutal. Division, holy cow. Uh, he might be the second. He might, he might, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. But um, it's just the Jamal Adams thing, you know, <laughs> I, I just finished watching rewatching all the Harry Potters. And Dumbledore referred to Voldemort as a younger kid. As He's the guy that made all the wrong choices. <laughs> and this moment here was because the Seahawks, time and time again, made all the wrong choices. They really and, did. And, you know, Jamal Adams is a fine football player, and he could still turn out in Seattle to be a Pro Bowl safety, and that's great. But the, when you just mentioned that the Seahawks gave up two first-rounders 
for Jamal Adams. And then they got, I mean, obviously they got a bit more than two first rounders, but of the first round picks, they got two in return for Russell Wilson. That made my stomach turn a little bit. And I know they got more than that, but just, I really wish they, I know we can dive into this later. I really wish they would have gotten maybe a third and, and it moved it around to where they can get a third first round pick somehow. But yeah, this, the, the, the Seahawks time and time again had chances to keep Russell Wilson, to make him happy, to, to bring playmakers with him uh, or to build around him. And, and, and they just didn't do it. They didn't do it. And now this is where we're at. Now that leaves me to wonder, and I'm sure you're wondering the same thing. I'm sure our listeners are wondering the same thing. What now? We're going to explore what the Seahawks options are at the quarterback position. Obviously, this is going to be a talking point now for the next several weeks, what they do next in the post-Russell Wilson era. But we're going to dive into some potential options that the Seahawks could consider here coming up in the third quarter. You mentioned that this entire situation with Adams and Wilson made your stomach churn. I'll tell you something that makes my stomach churn. When you go to a auto parts store and you get ripped off trying to buy, say, a steering wheel cover or something, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts they need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money with Rock Auto. You can save up to 30, 50, or even 100% more of the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. rockauto.com. Visit it right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks Podcast Tuesday edition. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for this special edition show, my co-host Nick Lee. Russell Wilson, no longer the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, heading to the Denver Broncos in exchange for a couple first round picks, a couple second round picks, a fifth round pick and three veteran players. We've looked at what led to this trade. We've broken down the deal and why the Seahawks may have felt now was the time to make this trade and move on from Russell Wilson. Now we have to look towards the future. What is now? What do the Seahawks do at the quarterback position in a post-Russell Wilson era? He's been the quarterback since 2012. He's led this team to eight playoff appearances, nine Pro Bowls. He owns all of the major records for the Seahawks, easily their best quarterback in franchise history. And now they're going to get a chance to reset at that position. And that's both scary and, and intriguing to an extent because the Seahawks haven't done this for a long time. As you mentioned, it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback and it's hard to win in this league when you don't have one. So what do the Seahawks do moving forward? Obviously, Drew Locke was part of this deal. Drew Locke was a first-round pick for the Broncos a few years back out of Missouri. Has never been a question about his physical talents. He's got a big arm. He's got some athleticism. But he never put it together in Denver, hence why they are trading for somebody like Russell Wilson. They have been searching for that quarterback answer since Peyton Manning retired. And now Drew Locke gets a chance to restart in Seattle I don't think that that is the guy that you want to be moving forward with as your long-term starter. I think most Seahawks fans would agree on that, but he is still a young player. You can maybe have him compete against a rookie coming in. 
Maybe he competes against Geno Smith coming back. There's just so many different dominoes that could fall here. So many different avenues that John Schneider and Pete Carroll can explore to fill this quarterback position. Not that any of them are as good as having Russell Wilson still as your guy, but there's a lot of different options they have. Right now, though, they've got Drew Locke and Jacob Eason as their two quarterbacks on the roster. I would think that they have to make some kind of a major move, either drafting somebody or going out and making another trade for a veteran. They've got to do something, you would think, to try to you know get some stability at that position without Russell Wilson being here in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it from a sick, twisted 20, like oh, yeah, Russell Wilson gone in the future that is a little exciting that's uh, i feel like that meme where the guy's like Haha, and it's like sickos that that kind of group <laughs> of people is excited for this this era of seahawks football because it this is going to be the most interesting offseason in franchise history it's it just going it's just going to be it all of a sudden is now with with all the moving parts because uh, drew lock is ain't the guy i'm sorry he's just not the guy he's four and nope. 12 his last two years as a starter lost his job to teddy bridgewater which I would prefer they bring in Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> as a free agent over having Drew Locke as the quarterback. He's probably the best free agent quarterback that's available, and I still Agreed. think that you can win games with him, but you have to have the supporting cast there for him. He's not a superstar. He's not a star quarterback. Right, and then they're talking about you know getting rid of Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. What do you do with Bobby Wagner? Like All these dominoes start falling, and do you just strip it down to the studs? But I agree with what you made a point in the first is if they were going to do that, why is Pete Carroll still here? You know, why is Pete Carroll, who's clearly father time is, is sneaking up behind him. Why is he still here? If you're going to hit a whole reset, I, I, for that reason, in fact, and you got um, uh, uh, Noah Fant and that defensive tackle my name, his name is, is blanking on me. Shelby right now. Harris. Shelby Harris. Uh, getting those two guys who are, who are decent, solid pieces. You know, why are you doing that instead of just getting as many draft picks as you can if you are not intending at least trying to be at least somewhat competitive in 2022? Now, you can't convince me that they're going to the Seahawks are better off in 2022 without Russell Wilson. There's no scenario possible where you could convince me of that. But there is a scenario where you can convince me that they are competitive in 2022 without Russell Wilson. Um, they're just not as, as competitive as they could have been. I am not a huge a fan of this draft class. I just am not. I, I know that we're going to try to convince ourselves that Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Matt Corral is the guy that we're going to try and convince ourselves that they're, they're going to be perennial pro bowl quarterbacks. And you know, there's a reason why I'm a state worker doing this at, from home and not a millionaire Seahawks executive. Maybe they know something that I don't, but I, I'm not a huge believer in this draft class. Now Malik Willis can turn into a fine quarterback. He's probably the one, if I had to pick a quarterback in this draft, He's probably the one I'd be the most excited about. But even then, talk about a wild card. He, he could, we were talking before the show, he could turn into, you know, a superstar or he could turn to Keely Smith. You know, we could, there's this huge spectrum. We just don't know about this class. And I'm, it's just hard for me to get excited about this draft class and, and all the picks the Seahawks have. You know, what are they going to do? Do they, do they just go with an offensive tackle and a cornerstone piece to build around a future quarterback with that number nine pick? Or do they shuffle things around? What I'm curious about, I think they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round this year. I, like I said, I think that this deal, moving Wilson, was spurned by the fact that they had a quarterback last week. And maybe it was earlier than that. Maybe there's been a guy they've had on their radar all along, like that is our next quarterback and we're going to draft him. We're going to move into the top 10 where he'll go get that player. I'm convinced they are going to do that. But what if they just threw everybody off and they drafted Sauce Gardner, the superstar cornerback out of Cincinnati? Go get that prime 
sea hockey corner that's got length and is a shutdown guy. And then they use their other picks to just completely overhaul the rest of the roster. And then they sign, maybe they sign Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, maybe they go out and make a trade. Deshaun Watson is still a name that might, you know, maybe you can trade your nine pick for that. I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't advise it with his legal situation. But again, all avenues are on the table. If you don't pick a quarterback in that first round, you know, maybe somebody like Desmond Ritter is still there when you're up with pick 40. Desmond Ritter could be a solid NFL QB and you're not using a first round pick to get him. That's a possibility. You don't pick one then. Maybe they're looking towards next year when you can get one of the really good quarterbacks supposed to be coming out in this next class. But then what does that mean for 2022? Again, you're rolling the dice. You got a 70, 71 year old coach. I mean, that, that can't be the ideal situation for him to try to, you know, win football games in the team that has just a space holder at quarterback. I, I just can't see that without having a young guy that you can turn to. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of moving parts here. There's a lot of possibilities. This is not a great free agent class with quarterbacks. You're not going to be going out and getting Aaron Rodgers with that big deal in Green Bay. They're certainly not going to be prying him away from Green Bay. So, I don't, I don't know what the answer is at this point of the quarterback position. The Seahawks certainly now are going to have to figure that out. I would think before you trade Russell Wilson that you have a general idea what your game plan is going to be, and you weren't just winging it, dealing a player of that caliber. But, you know, got to believe that there's a guy or two in this draft class that they were sold on meeting with. You know, Matt Corral, there's a picture going around on social media, him and Pete Carroll chatting in the stands in Indianapolis. Maybe that's the guy that they like. Maybe it's Malik Willis, who I was told they visited with. Maybe they really are intrigued by his physical tools. Or maybe it's a guy like Sam Howell, who is an athletic running quarterback that's got a big arm and kind of got hurt by the lack of supporting cast his senior season. Uh, you know, those are the kind of players that I could see them looking at. If there's somebody that really stood out to them, I would think that had to be one of the driving forces behind this. Because why would you trade your quarterback without a general idea like, there's a guy I can go get. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, it doesn't make me feel very much better. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking to, you know, I want to ease your pain, Nick, but I think everybody in Seahawks Nation is probably feeling the same way, wanting to crawl into a fetal position. But <laughs> yeah, I, I get I get the sentiment of that they 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 the timing is just very interesting to me. The Aaron Rodgers deal the week after the combine. And I think that there's some things there. And I, I agree that there probably is a quarterback in this draft that they like. And, you know, Russell Wilson was 75th overall. So what do we know? You know, so um, it, it's, it's, it, there's going to be some moaning and groaning for sure with Seahawks land. If, if they are intending on finding their franchise quarterback in this year's draft, I, if, if I, if just off the script here, if I have to pick a route to go, I would like to see them, find a cornerstone uh, impact player at number nine, not a quarterback, whether it be a tackle, a defensive playmaker, um, whatever, you know, a corner, whatever, what have you, and then try to make it work with a veteran quarterback like a Teddy Bridgewater um, and, and, and see where, and, and maybe, you know, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, they can compete. They go from Denver competing to Seattle competing with each other. Um, or, or they, they take a younger you know, quarterback, like a Desmond Ritter in the second round, things like that. But I would prefer if if we have to do this <laughs> to build around a really premier blue trip draft pick, um, non non quarterback at number nine, and see what they can get from there. And then maybe 
run it back in 2023 with a better quarterback class and, and see what you can get there. Yeah, the risk is what if you end up being good in 2022 somehow, which Pete Carroll has won <laughs> with average quarterbacks before, or at least has had a competitive team. We've seen him do that. So you play yourself out of being able to get somebody like Bryce Young. You know, that's that's the risk that you run. Of course, they could go out and be a two-win team this year, and then they're, you know, you're guaranteed to get Bryce Young. I just can't see Pete Carroll wanting to do that. Like that. To me, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, like I mentioned, they're going into this thinking, why not run it back like 2000? Always compete. Yeah, they're going to be doing everything they can to be competitive. There's no way Pete Carroll is going to just roll a season at this stage of his career. Like, And the Seahawks, I think, would have moved on from him if that was going to be the game plan. So I don't know what they're going to do. If it's going to be, we're going to, we're going to give a rookie quarterback a run here, give him a chance to compete against Drew Locke. If he beats him out, great. And if Drew Locke beats him out, you know, then we'll see if Drew Locke, a former first-round guy, can be the guy. Or maybe we sign a veteran free agent to compete. There are going to be moving pieces here, and there's a lot of different paths that this could take. And, you know, the one thing that we know won't be happening is you won't see Russell Wilson back under center this year, unless, of course, he decides, you know what, I have a no-trade clause. I've decided I don't want to do this, which, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I expect this deal is going to be made official very quickly and uh the Seahawks are going to officially be in quarterback purgatory and they're going to have to figure this out we're going to have a lot more time as this offseason unfolds now to continue diving into this what's next for the Seahawks at quarterback and I'm sure our buddy Rob Rang is going to have some fun insight on this as well looking at draft land him being the draft guru he's going to have some thoughts on these QBs in this class as well which ones might jump out to the Seahawks we'll be breaking that down on our Wednesday episode coming up tomorrow as always you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee 51. Check out Locked On Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, five days a week streaming on YouTube. Coming up tomorrow, as I mentioned, I'll be rejoined by Rob Rang. The two of us are going to continue dissecting this blockbuster trade, looking at the draft picks that the Seahawks received, what players might be available there, quarterbacks and non-quarterbacks, and much more. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening in. Go Hawks.